0: To Big House. Yes! Wow. They totally like me more than you. Yeah, We're too okay. close. Get away. Holy oh cow. Guys, welcome to Big House. Um, this is our second week of the Advent series, and last week Walt did a great job talking to us about Advent. And he told us that Advent was something that the church invented, and it was a way to help us wait and to prepare for Christmas. Um, to celebrate Jesus coming back to the world. Walt talked to us about waiting and how God has given us the Holy Spirit and the Bible to help us wait for him to come back again.
1: Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about how, how Advent is about preparing, and we found the perfect video to symbolize preparing for Christmas. So take a look at this. Wait a
0: minute. I don't believe it. What's all they yelling about? What the...
1: Why well, aren't here? 25,000 to be gone.
0: What's he doing, Bob?
1: I haven't the foggiest. Are yelling about? What the what going on here? Twenty-five thousand Twinkle.
0: What's he doing, Box? I haven't the buggies.
1: All right, so it would have been even more funny if I had uh, put it in the right order in <laughs> the slides, but that's, that's on me. Uh, so, how many of you have seen this movie, National Lampoon? All right, quite a few of you. Uh, so, it's, honestly, it's one of the best Christmas movies of all time. Uh, Clark Griswold uh, just does a phenomenal job preparing for Christmas. Uh, he tried so, so hard to decorate his house, uh, and then when his house did not light up, which you didn't see, he loses his crap. He kicks Santa Claus, he kicks over the reindeer, he throws it, and we can all relate to that, right? You prepare so, so hard for something, and it just doesn't work out like it's supposed to. You get angry, you get disappointed, maybe even you say some swears.
0: Absolutely you say some swears. No judgment.
1: This is one of the funniest movies about Christmas because it is so true. We look forward to Christmas, we prepare for Christmas, and we get let down by Christmas. Our families let us down. Our friends let us down. This might sound a little shallow, but honestly, presents let us down too. I hate that. It's possible that we're not preparing for Christmas the right way.
0: So the actual definition of Advent is a time when we prepare ourselves for Christmas, the coming of Jesus. It's a time to prepare our hearts for Jesus' birth, celebrating that he came to the earth, and then looking forward in anticipation to his second coming. So we thought it might be good if we told you guys a little bit about how we personally have been preparing for Christmas this year. So last Saturday, I loaded my girls in the car, and we drove down to my aunt's house to decorate Christmas cookies. So just to set the stage here, there's like a kitchen bar island thing, and there's six. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> there's six little kids all under the age of six sitting at this um, island about to start baking cookies. And the plan was that we were going to decorate the like six dozen cookies that my aunt made for Christmas. And it wasn't very far into the deal that you watched little kids like licking and wiping their nose and then continuing to decorate. They're like, well, this is not going to work. It was disgusting. There were sprinkles everywhere. At one point, my own daughter goes, this is awesome. And then flipped a plate of sprinkles. And to make it worse, My aunt picked, like, 1980s Amy Grant worship Christmas carols. It was super bad, super bad.
1: Yeah, and so a little insight into how I prepare. I uh, pushed off a project that I knew about for the entire semester (laughs) and did it all on Sunday for 10 hours.
0: (laughs) No one here can relate to that. Oh, round of applause.
1: Thank you. you. Yeah. (laughs) Additionally, from Thanksgiving to Christmas... I eat so much food just so I can put on weight to stay warm all winter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's me too. Um, Amazon. Amazon is such a great thing because you don't have to stress out about buying Christmas presents, right? Unless you're like me and you put everything in the cart and wait till the week before to buy it and it's no longer available and it can't possibly get there in time, so then you're ticked off. Then you have to go to Target like 100 times at 1030 at night and you get violently angry. I mean, I don't, but I bet some people might do that. And I do it every freaking year, same thing.
1: And finally, this year, uh, some of us committed to reading one chapter of Luke every day in December, which was great for the four days we actually did it. (laughs) Preparing for Christmas well is hard.
0: As humans, we often prepare in the wrong ways, like Clark Griswold kind of ways, you know, like really bad kind of ways. We default to this. Um, I wanna tell you about how I prepare for any small vacation our family has ever gone to. Now I wanna have the perfect amount of clothes for me and my four kids. I wanna have the perfect games for the car ride and I wanna have the perfect snacks both for while we're driving and while we get there. And so since I choose to pack everything in the middle of the living room where everybody else is, they step over stuff, they knock over piles, they unpack the things that I've already packed and it never fails that every single vacation we start, I'm frustrated and at least two of us are fighting. Super great way to start a family
1: vacation. Gotta love fighting. Uh, And so I procrastinate and avoid my things, like I said, uh, by watching Matthew Barry talk about fantasy football. (laughs) So if you need any fantasy football advice, if you're in the playoffs still, congratulations. Talk to me after uh, Big House, and I will give you the latest fantasy football intel.
0: The way God asks us to prepare is not natural to us. This is why it takes time for us to learn how to do it right. And the truth is, we'll never actually do it perfectly.
1: So tonight we're going to read a story from Luke in the first chapter. Uh, And to set the scene a little bit, uh, this was a time when God was completely silent for 450 years. Before Jesus came, God did not communicate with his people for 450 years. Now, we have the Holy Spirit, we have God's Spirit inside of us, which communicates with us. Uh, We have Jesus' life as an example, and we have the entire Bible. But back then, God communicated through prophets. Uh, He communicated through the Old Testament, which people had to memorize for the most part, and then they had to get told it. Um, However, Zechariah, who we're going to meet in the story, may have had access to Old Testament scrolls so he could actually read it. So tonight we're going to read the story to you. You don't have to worry about pulling out your Bibles. We have Uh, But we're going to read Luke 1, verse 5 through 80. So sit back and enjoy this special story. It's like our
0: Christmas present to you. Yeah, you get to hear us tell the
1: story. (laughs) All right. So there was a priest named Zechariah. His wife's name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, following all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, while Zechariah was in the temple, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. When Zechariah saw him, he was gripped with fear. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. You will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and to make sure that people are prepared for Jesus. Zechariah asked the angel, "How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years." The angel said to him, "I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words." which will come true at their appointed time. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this to me for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace.
0: In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a virgin named Mary, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The angel answered the holy spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so the holy one will be born and will be called the son of god even elizabeth your relative is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month no word of god will ever fail i am the lord's servant mary answered may your word be fulfilled in me the angel left her
1: Sometime after this, Mary decided to make the trip to visit Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. After this, Mary was so moved, she couldn't help but sing and praise God. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. When it was time to name him, everyone assumed he would be named after his father. But Elizabeth spoke up and said, no, he is to be named John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. So we see in this story, Zechariah can't talk, Elizabeth becomes pregnant, and she can only praise God. Uh, The angel comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to bear a son, Jesus, and all she can do is praise God. And in this last part, uh, the friends and family are worried and saying, you can't name your son John. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, And they do anyway, and all Zechariah can do is praise and sing praises to God.
0: In this story we hear that Zechariah and mary they were prepared like for real actually prepared they were doing the real faith thing and doing it well without fault and fear and doubt still crept in and i honestly don't blame them think about it an angel comes to you tells you crazy things that aren't even possible and i'd freak out too but you see they knew god and they knew his promises and they believed
1: uh, Zechariah Uh, He looked back on his own circumstances, not on God, um, when the angel came to him. He was so old, and his wife was also pretty old, way too old to have kids. He trusted God, but in that moment, he looked back uh, at God through the lens of his own life. Can anyone relate to this? Yeah, I trust God, but why did my parents get divorced? Yeah, I trust God, but why do bad things happen? And maybe some of us here don't trust God because we look at him through what's going on in the world, through our pain, depression, anxiety, loss. It might make sense that Zechariah would doubt because even though he loved God and trusted him, he hadn't seen God or seen him move or heard from God in his lifetime. He didn't have Jesus' life as an example of how to trust God in everything
0: and today we do we have jesus's life the whole story and we have the holy spirit to guide us and it's absolutely silly that we don't take advantage of this both ben and i were going to read luke and we weren't even disciplined enough to get very far into it and yet we wonder why we get so lost in a world and so disappointed about dumb things and we get shocked that christmas without jesus didn't live up to our expectations
1: So the question we have tonight is, what is God preparing you for? We know God is preparing uh, us to celebrate Jesus' second coming, but personally, what is God preparing you for? That's not for us to tell you, but you won't know unless you spend time with him and listen to him and read his word. For you, he might be preparing you for where to go to college, or if you're going to go to college at all. He might be preparing you for the next big thing in your life, which could be a sport or robotics or who you're going to eat lunch with uh, or who you're going to be kind to. And for some of you, he might be preparing you for something really hard that you don't see yet.
0: We need to celebrate Jesus that Jesus came in the past and the fact that Jesus is going to come back. Advent is a time to look at ourselves and ask if we're truly prepared in our hearts And in our minds to celebrate Jesus this Christmas. Really, though, how do we actually prepare for Christmas in a meaningful way? So, here's some ideas that we thought you guys could try. You can still read Luke. I'm still plugging away, way behind, but I'm learning incredible stuff that's super encouraging. And if you don't want to tackle Luke, because there honestly, I think, are 80 verses in the first chapter, it's a bit intimidating. We did paraphrase it if you didn't notice that. You can pick a a book of the Bible that's shorter, like there are some towards the back that have like five chapters, so that would be an option too. You could pray um, to prepare, pray daily for friends or for family. You could simply dedicate some time each day to be quiet and to listen. You could spend time worshiping, whatever that looks like for you. For some of you, that might be singing. For some of you, it might be creating. Others, it might be, you might worship best through playing basketball or through serving others. But for all of us, it's taking the next step. And for some of us, it might be that first step in faith. A conversation. Or simply asking a question. You guys, this room is full of so many people who care so much and would love to talk and figure out the answers to any questions that you have about God. When we get it, when we really get how amazing it is that our Savior, the Savior of our souls, the Savior of our world, came to us in a manger so many years ago. When we really get that we can trust him with our lives and with our future and to come back, all we can do is exactly what Mary, Zachariah, and Elizabeth did, is praise. We have a God who is so big that we can't help but praise him. Even with some fear and doubt, we still
1: praise So I'm going to invite the band to come back up. They're going to sing a few more songs, but uh, as they're coming up, I just want to acknowledge the fact that tonight in family groups, we have an awesome opportunity to prepare our hearts uh, for Jesus coming back. We have the chance to go and pick out toys uh, and donate our time and our money uh, to people who are less fortunate than us and people who don't get to experience Christmas the way that we get to. Um, This is a great chance to reflect on the great gifts that God has given to you and that he has already promised to you. Uh, So just think about that tonight as you're going out and shopping and uh, spending time with your family group. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing some more songs. Uh, Father God, we're just so uh, thankful that you sent your son for us. Uh, God, that you sent him and just did incredible things in his life. Uh, God, we acknowledge that you have blessed us beyond measure and that we can trust you in everything that we do. God, we thank you that you are good and worthy of our praise. And we just lift up these last worship songs to you. It's all in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.